This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Yes, indeed, just what you need. Welcome to the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, John Solberg. Excited to tell you that this episode is being brought to you by The Butcher Shop. Purveyors of highly sought after 100% Australian non-crossbred Wylara 9 Plus briskets. And as always, they are handpicked just for you. The Butcher Shop has been retailing the finest meats for the past 15 years. Every week, they're shipping out competition-quality meats to many of the biggest teams in the competition scene across the nation. Simply put, teams who use the Butcher Shop win, and they win often. You may not be a competitor, but you still have an eye for the finer cuts in life. Great news. The Butcher Shop is shipping some of the finest prime, dry-aged, Australian Wagyu, and Japanese Wagyu steaks to people just like you and me who aspire to be the kings and queens of their cul-de-sac. The Butcher Shop always has Berkshire, Compart Duroc, Allegiance Duroc, and Prairie Fresh all-natural pork in stock. And again, always handpicked just for you. You might be saying, John, all that sounds great, but I'd like to try something exotic. Rest easy knowing the Butcher Shop can get you your next elk steak or camel roast. They're going to handpick it just for you and ship it out promptly. Let's review. The best competition briskets, check. The best pork selection, check giving you better overall options to cook at home check so give the butcher shop a call today 850-458-8782 that's 850-458-8782 mention the barbecue central show for 10 percent off your entire order each and every time you can also interact with them on their facebook page facebook.com slash the butcher shop shop is spelled s-h-o-p-p-e the butcher shop home of the 100 australian non-crossbred wylara nine plus briskets and today, we're going to take a step on back to August, back in 2013. It is a dual guest situation with McD and Jack Weybor. Let's do it. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. You guys remember this song? You ever heard this song? He kicks tires and he lights the fire. Lights the fire. He's queuing all night. He's queuing all night. Karaoke night at Barbecue Central. That's right. Uh, you would recall a couple weeks ago we played the game Make It or Break It with Joe Haynes from Obsessive Compulsive Barbecue. This was his original song, Pitmaster. And people made it, so I said, hey, we'll go right into the uh, bumper music of the show. So, Joe, if you're listening, I made good on my promise. It made it. Uh, Jack, is this a, a song that you might be buying and downloading to your MP3 play? Absolutely. I'll be uh, picking it up as soon as we get off of the show here. Right, so, uh, so uh, Pitmaster, if we're going back to the old days of uh, Billboard, it's got a bullet pointing up. It's making its rise on the charts. Pitmaster by uh, Joe Haynes from OC Barbecue. All right, so we're talking about this uh, barbecue pitmaster show that you were on a couple weeks ago. Uh, ended up taking second place overall. Let me ask you about this. There was a lot of comments being made about, I'm going to call him the other guy because I don't remember his name. Uh, not Rescue Smokers, but the other guy. Howie. Howie. Howie Kleinberg. Right, Howie Kleinberg kept referring to himself as Chef 
Uh, he microplaned some charcoal into the finishing salt. Uh, he went over and over about uh, applying from a, a higher height for a better cascade and application. All the stuff that didn't really end up mattering at all at the end. There's been a long history of chefs not being able to step in and cut it when it comes to barbecue. And that's not something I'm making up. I mean, you've seen it on television before. You've heard it time and time again on the competition circuit. Jack, why does there seem to be this snobbery from the classically trained chef world? You know, that's, that is an interesting question because, truthfully, the, the chefs can really do well, and a lot of them really do well. You know, Tuffy Stone is a, uh, a classically trained chef that made it big in barbecue, so he had a background in French. Of yep. those kind of things to happen. And Howie was Johnson & Wales. Good school. Yeah, the uh, you know how are actually. I think in, in the in the show situation, I think they they get wrapped up in the uh, in the in the stress and the pressure of what's going on to be able to make great TV. They have a, a difference. They kind of get. I kind of thought that how he kind of got absorbed in what was going on around him and didn't really stay true. When you're doing things like this, one of the common phrases is "stay true to your brand." And I really don't think how he. I think he got absorbed in what was going on. I really didn't stay true to his brand. Quite frankly, there was a piece of steak and a sirloin rib roast sitting in front of us to cook. There's no reason why a chef can't cook a piece of steak and a sirloin rib roast. You know, though, keep in mind, too, folks, you had rain, you had cold, you had sun, the temperature fluctuations, the difference in in, uh, nighttime and daytime temperatures. There was a lot going on on that show. Let me ask you this question. And Jack, we'll talk. Uh, let me uh, let me ask you first, and then uh, we'll go to you, Michael. You always hear in the barbecue world, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. And I've had Meathead on, and we've kind of talked about potentially debunking this, but it was shown, at least through editing, that he was in his pit like every eight seconds. And there was just didn't seem to be any way that he was going to be able to recapture, recover heat, and get to where he wanted to be. Was he in the pit that much? And do you see people in their pit that much being either on the circuit or just cooking barbecue for catering or at home? I didn't see Howie in his pit that much, but I'm... We were down on the other end, so there was it was rescue smokers was in between the two of us. Uh, they did make some comments about um, you know how is how we doing down there. The the producer did how they doing next door. How they doing three two doors down. You know how he seems to be looking in his pit a lot. And of course you know they're all wired up to to uh, a headphone, so they would be clued into you know what's going on two doors down. Um, yeah, I, you know, Howie probably was in his pit a lot. Unfortunately, uh, he had two pieces of meat that didn't need to be in the pits, you know, with strong, steady heat for a long period of time. Uh, both the cooks were uh, fairly short cooks, so it, it really didn't make that much of a difference. Overall, yeah, I see a lot of people, especially the rookies, that uh, get into the pits a lot because they want to see what's in there. Uh, more um, boasting and bragging about what's there and showing their friends of you know what's in the pit. And it's true. Uh, one of the things about barbecue and cooking great barbecue is you need to have a, a strong, steady heat over a long period of time to be able to break down the collagen and the, and the connective tissue in the meat. So if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Michael, were you surprised to see in the finished product how in his pit that often? You know, I, I didn't get to see him like Jack. I was on the other end and focused really on our cook. But when you have those peaks and valleys on your temp, you're cooling and, and heating up that meat instead of consistently keeping that temperature. So it can actually seize up. You know, I've even had a, a, a brisket go to almost like a Kevlar vest because the cooker was spiking and falling due to weather. Um, you know, it's it's something that you have to battle. Keep in mind. All right. So as you guys are watching the show now, um, you didn't make it through. When was when was your episode actually taped? First weekend of May. All right. So actually, that wasn't you know that far away, con- considering some of the other ones. 
Uh, as you're watching it now, you see Dave Bosca move to the finals this past Sunday, beating Pig Daddy and Characters Barbecue. You know, to me, probably not a huge surprise. I'm sure Rod Gray is going to garner a, a lot of attention as as far as a potential bet winner is moving on as well to the finals. Jack, do you see a favorite emerging out of the the pack of semifinalists that are going to be competing here over the next couple of weeks? I don't. I don't really see a um, emerging favorite. Um, of course, you know the people who are in the in the game still are all great cooks, so they would be the favorites to get to where they are. Um, you know, I, there's there's they really do a good job in the show. And uh, in, in previous shows, I think they had a, they were showing a lot of, uh, or you could see a lot of favoritism. I don't know if they were showing it or not, but uh, it seems like this year they're trying to keep the uh, the cooks close and trying to keep the appearance of uh, everything. You know, is is everybody has the same shot going on down the line. Michael, with the remaining people that you see on the show, do you have a an idea of who? I might think be they're all there for a reason, and and you know you've got them from all over the country. Uh, you've got them coming in from the northwest. You've got them from the southeast, uh, especially the Midwest, and you know, like you mentioned, Rod Gray being from from the Kansas City area. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Jack, let me ask you this question, Melissa Cookston. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know who's going to, I guess, be on the, the final table, but you see, you know, Melissa Cookston as a guest judge. You see. Uh, Daniel Domofsky is a des- uh, guest judge. You see Bubba Latimer is a guest judge. Uh, we're going to hold uh, Bubba Q off to the side on a whole different rant, and I won't even get into it. But Myron Mixon is a competitor. Uh, Tuffy Stone is a competitor. Is it set up better for the guys that are doing competition-style barbecue? Because, look, uh, the people that are judging the food have, whether they want to admit it or not, they might have a disposition set aside already for competition style barbecue everybody's injecting everybody's doing similar stuff on these cooks turning in to these judges that would probably as they're saying it doing a similar way do you think that the 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 competitors in the show have a leg up whether they know it or not because of the judges that they're turning into you want to know what jack had to say what mcd had to say you know what to do Head on over to the bbqcentralshow.com, link at today's show notes to take you to this complete episode. Go give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Drop me an email, John, J-O-N, John, at the bbqcentralshow.com. While you're over there, you can also hit that search box on the website. It's going to bring up lots of good stuff. Search up a topic, shoot me a note, let me do a show for you. And until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.